0: Hello. Oh, you normally fade it down. That's what yeah. I was saying. You know we fade it down. We start talking over it because Pete,
1: it's episode bloody fifty. It's episode fifty. So, yeah. A- Woo! Yay! Party time! Yeah, that's the that's literally the only thing we're going to do to market. it. <laughs> Bit of Biffy Clyro. That is literally it. Um, I, I, I never thought we'd get here. To be honest, Luke.
0: No, you are a very pes- per- uh, pessimistic man by nature and pessimistic by trouser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Um, you are wearing a
0: nice pair of trousers today, actually. It's a nice check.
1: Uh, very tight, very tight trousers. Where, where do you go to... I
0: mean, I'm Luke Moore, of course. I'm, I'm about to ask Pete Dawson about his trousers. Mm. Pete, where <laughs> do you go to get your trousers? Because I don't think I know anyone with a more varied or stronger trouser game than
1: you. Mainly top man. I don't mind a floral pattern. You don't have them fitted, no? No. I'll you get them things cut a little bit down. But i have actually wearing a jacket today that... Uh, it's a bit too. It was a bit too long, and it was like um, I kept on having it cut down shorter, or you know, kept having the the, the bottom of the suit cut up, effectively taken up, yeah, uh, taken up, and uh, and I think I had it done twice <laughs> until there's just no pocket left, and it just looks really weird. It's like a weird belly top jacket, but I'm still wearing it because it's nice and uh, warm on a cold day. I didn't notice anything odd about it, but yeah. why, why would you do that? Because uh, it just looked too long. I, d- I don't know whether my, bo- my... Have I got a long body and short legs? I think I might have a long body and short legs. And it just looks a little bit strange, to be honest. Mm. Never mind. Um, so uh, what have you done this week, Luke? Um, it's I, been... I, f- I sort of fell down a,
0: um, a, a, a sort of internet hole. What do people call hole. it? A, go- a Google hole Google, or Yeah, Google hole. Um, about um, Malaysian Airlines flight
1: MH370. Uh, okay, then. Which, which disappeared. Uh, is this because that um, Aussie bloke uh, who the voice reco- mouthy? Who well? Oh, the, there's the Aussie, two parts to it. Yeah, the Aussie yeah. bloke who found uh, or thought he found it on um, on Google Maps, and then I was with him. I was with him on 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 the Google Maps thing. He thinks he'd found this kind of like he's basically got a screenshot of Google Maps, and there's this um plane shape. It looks like a fuselage from a plane. Yeah, and he's saying, "Look at this. This is MH whatever." And uh, he and then at the end of the piece, he says. And they're not going to look in that area because there's it's riddled with bullet holes. And I think that's where his theory fell down a little bit. Why? Well, because if you're going to speculate that it's full of bullet holes from satellite photography... You can't see a bullet hole from that far away. Is that what you're saying? Massive. Well, not at, not at what Google Maps definition is going to give you. Underneath the bloody sea... Ridiculous bullet holes in the uh, Great bullet holes, mate.
0: Bullet holes in the Great Wall of China are the only thing you can see from space.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I
0: understand. No, but it was partly that, but also partly because there was a guy who, um, who on Twitter, who started talking about a weird voicemail he started to receive. Did you see that? No. So that I did. I did WhatsApp you about this. I think you might have ignored me.
1: Mm, that will happen.
0: Um, there was a guy on Twitter who received a a, a voicemail mm. um, randomly about. Um, about, about just like a code, like a weird code in a different language that he was able that was able to he put it out there and it was able to be translated and it was essentially about the disappearance of the flight and it said all this really weird stuff did you not see that no god
1: I'd missed this completely
0: it's absolutely ri- ridiculous I thought it was just
1: this Google Maps guy who found um, what he thought was a fuselage on google maps
0: that 's part of it yeah right. th- 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 that 's the point see no one knows what actually happened about this uh, with this pl- with this flight. But he he received a a, a, vo- a voicemail on his phone, um, of a robotic voice droning out an automated message in the phonetic the NATO accepted phonetic alphabet, mm. and deciphered it reads S danger S O S. It is dire for you to evacuate. Be caution. They are not human. A load of numbers S O S danger S O S. And then when the coordinates the numbers are plugged into Google Maps, it was like. I think part of it was right near Malaysia where the plane last seen. Right, it's a lot of weird stuff, and 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 the, the reason it's so odd is because the guy involved who got the voicemail uh, was nothing to do with any of the uh, disappearance. He'd never been to the country, no, no interest in it, never really knew much about it. Mm. And it, it just fascinated me. But um,
1: and, I mean, that is a tedious hoax. Oh, <laughs> <Well>, obviously, <laughs> that it will is be the a... very is the very tip of a very tedious hoax. But I mean, you know, Occam's razor
0: pay. dictates that it fair it pay. will be untrue, but. It's fascinating because no one actually knows what happened. And I think, I don't know if you agree with this, Pete, but when something like that happens, it's obviously terrifying. We can all relate to it because we've flown on planes and all the rest of it. And I'm not trivializing what happened to those people because it's awful. Their bodies have never been recovered. No one knows what happened. But do you not find in 2018 it quite odd when something of that scale happens and there's no one on earth that can sort of, Oh Tell yeah, it's,
1: it's incredible in in this mo- in this modern age that they can't um find the plane, which is insane. That's the most insane thing that we've got all this technology and you know they they've got uh, beacons and, and things like that that, that that we can't even map a trajectory we can't even figure out where it you know whereabouts in the sea so, it is. But then the sea is limitless. I mean that it, that's true. It's not in, limitless, you know, is it? It's almost limitless. Almost. In yeah. the grand scheme of things. And then
0: and then my friend Tommy who I mention regularly on this show of this parish One of his good pals is currently employed looking for the flight Mm. as as part of his work as an oceanographer for the Australian Travel Safety Bureau. So um i'll try and get updates
1: yes I might break the story on here that'd be amazing <laughs> wouldn't it anyway that's what's been floating my boat what you uh, did go on a, a proper kind of um mh what flight is it sorry MH 370 370 um kind of google haul for a good couple of days i just let you get on with it yeah. i was like we'll get some good content out of it yeah
0: and we haven't so
1: <laughs> and <laughs> you are not human
0: when i say that was what's floating my boat that not pun not intended there. right okay there Pete, you. what's been floating your boat
1: uh, what have I done this? For? I a uh, couple of interviews, couple of I watched a couple of films. Uh, oh yeah. You know, so it's my film corner. Uh, Ready Player One. Oh yeah. What's it like? I Steven Spielberg did, I did it? interview. Um, he was at the screening. Weirdly, I was like watching. I'd basically mug I'd, I basically um chinned off a couple of screenings because I couldn't make them, and I was like, oh, I just got this evening one. I'll see an hour of the film, and then I'll uh, run to work. And uh, it happened to be the screen that they just brought out Steven Spielberg. I was like, "Wow, wow hello!" What well, did he do? A Q and A? Pretty good. No, he just came out, and went, "Hey guys, I'm really looking forward to you seeing this film. I've not even seen it on IMAX yet." And right. I was like, "Man, I'm going to be leaving this in about an hour." Well, you not watch <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> I, did, I didn't have time. It so, was the only screen I could make. the problem with um, doing interviews is they insist on you watching the film first. When I understand watching like the first half an hour, the, you know, or a, you know, a trailer at least, but watching the whole film, you're not going to be talking, about, I, remember, I basically I just remember being told off for leaving a film before the end, which was an animated comedy with Rihanna and the bloke Sheldon out of uh, the Big Bang Theory. Oh I got told off for leaving like 20 minutes from the end. It's gone, Pete, you, uh, you might not get this interview because with Sheldon from Big Bang, Bang Theory because you um, left early. And it's like, it's a kid's film. I ain't going to be talking about the ending. I've kind of got the idea. And you're going what, to give me five film... minutes with the guy anyway. Yeah, exactly. Did you exactly. interview him in the end? Yeah, he was very really nice actually. Uh awful but, stuff. Awful output though. uh yeah, massively. But he um I was just sort of sat there going, You get like a million dollars for doing one episode of your shitty TV show. Fair play to him. Fair aren't, play to him. Aren't you and on Young that, and young Sheldon. Aren't you on that per Luke and Pichu episode? <laughs> um uh but uh yeah, Ready to Play One. I didn't necessarily enjoy it. It was a good <laughs> it's a, it a good Spielberg uh kids' film. It's very goon easy. Um just, you know, it's good. But um not for me. And also the geek in me, uh, found the use of the characters. They'd, it's like they've just been—they just got a lot of characters, paid all that money, like you know, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter Two, and you know, the music and stuff, and just given it, just given it, a steel and steel bag. And he's never experienced any of those things. And he went, "I'll just put them in the film like this," and right. he, just, he didn't really know how to use them. They so it
0: wasn't numbers sort of care and attention. Oh,
1: it was just flung in, absolutely flung in. Right. And so for me, I sort of think, well, <clears throat> the kids are going to enjoy the story. Uh, and the dads and the mums that are going to be taking them to, uh, to, to, to the film or the, the carers, um, they're not going to appreciate the, 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 the history of the it. They are not going to yeah. appreciate the geek, the, the geekdom, because they're using such a haphazard kind of cynical way. Like, why did you bother paying all that money for like these characters? But did you but is the iron giant a beloved character not really Who gives a toss do you reckon they paid money or do you reckon they just did a deal between the studios well no i mean they, they will have paid money to capcom to use you know rio and uh but if i was doing Blanca. it i'd have said
0: to capcom uh, i'm going to do this you're going to see a massive spike in sales of these particular games are you
1: though no you're not easy they're, they're they're selling the cachet of that particular video game it's an, it's an inclusion it's like no they, it will have been a one-way street i think definitely. right and what other film did you see uh, what was the other film? Oh, Isle of Dogs! It's so good. I, I don't even know what this is. Isle of Dogs. It's the who did um, Grand Budapest? And, um, Wes Anderson. Um, when, it's new Wes Anderson. Right. It's completely uh, animated. It's a uh, it's a um, stop motion animation. I have
0: seen the trailer. Yeah, I didn't know it was called it's that.
1: Stunning. Like just the most joyful uh, um, film I've seen it in a long time, and it's beautiful, uh, and it's a great cast, and it's just. Oh, it's it's a work of art, it really. is. When you
0: WhatsApp me saying "Isle of Dogs" is really good, you
1: thought it was the. I, <laughs> I thought you'd been I to the Isle, Isle. Isle of Dogs. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have. Have I ever been there? I did a voiceover at Channel Five once. Something that's that was the Isle of Dogs. That's and not it. is um the XL Centre not there? Uh, is it? I believe oh, right, so. Okay. Yeah, oh maybe have So if you if well, you um, if you've been there, I think you might have been there as well. I think I went to go and see Lagwagon there once. Did you really? Lagwagon? they were playing the XL, were they? They were playing a an all day punk thing right, in okay. Leicester. We came down, I think. Where's like the it? London Arena? Don't know. Probably. Where do they have the arms
0: Where do they have the arms fair? I don't know. I Pete. think it's the same place. There's, that's Olympia, isn't it?
1: No, 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 it used to be at the uh, London Arena. And last the, time the I arms
0: walked fair. past the, the Olympia in Kensington, in West London, people were protesting. Uh, no, there was a a bass guitar conference. Oh God! Imagine that! Imagine the beards! Imagine just <laughs> imagine people just boring on about bass guitars.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I have watched. I do watch a lot of. Instructionals on uh, on YouTube of like men who play bass and why you shouldn't play with a five string bass. Right. I watch these things for hours.
0: There was a big um, the big poster outside this one at the Olympia, and the um, the guest of honor was Les Claypool from Primus. Remember that <laughs> band Primus? And uh, speaking of. of, of five string basses and all the rest of it one of the laziest things I've ever seen this is a slightly sort of geeky music point but I'm mm. going to make it anyway one of the laziest things I've ever seen was a TV footage of a Kasabian show mm. might have been at Glastonbury or something right. and the bass player had a capo on the bass
1: <laughs> that is lazy isn't <laughs> it that is quite lazy really lazy you've only got four strings mate yeah. just bar it yeah um, Gail Ann Dorsey's in a lot of them she's very good she was Who's uh, that? Boys. Uh, you know that bald lady who used to do David Boys stuff right um she does a wonderful uh and that, and then I just fell down you fell down a flight MH whatever the, 370. I, three seventy. Give it right? the respect it deserves. Give it the respect. You're literally talking about a of hoax just, and a voicemail and a and a voice going, Ah, we've been Dr. Bart Aliens, thank you.
0: Pete, I just wanna know what happened. <laughs> I just wanna <laughs> <to> get <laughs> to the bottom of it.
1: Fucking Malaysian truther. Um <laughs> uh Gail she's uh, she was a boys basis, but she did um and I just fell down a lot just watching her play. It's just incredible. She um, uh, she played under pressure um, and she had to sing the um, Freddie Mercury parts while playing a rather complex bass line. Like, That's very wow, good. Incredible. Very Check good. it out if you can.
0: Get in touch, hello at com for your favourite, or with your favourite bass player stories. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah. go and see Isle of Dogs because it's beautiful. Yeah. Has it got any bass in it? No, no. musical instruments. And oft, but great music though, great, as always, great soundtrack. An oft
0: overlooked part of... Um, of of the musical canon, the bass, the bass, <laughs> bass guitar.
1: Um, yeah. Should we do some emails? All right, then let's do some bloody emails. Uh, shall I kick off with Neil's? Dear Luke and Pete, I've uh, just had about um, three months off work following an operation, during which time I've had plenty of time to catch up on box sets and discover new podcasts. Being a long time listener of your ouvre, I gave the Luke and Pete show a whirl and have recently smashed through forty eight, sorry, forty six episodes, almost back to back. Neil. I mean, that's no way to convalesce, really, is it? No,
0: I love this email, though. This email is so good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Um, part of the attraction has been uh, that so many of your stories fall right into my wheelhouse, as I'm originally from the northeast of the country. Recently, I changed my work password to she 9. Thanks for that. And, uh, my better, <laughs> and my better half is originally from the New Hampshire in the northeast of the US. That works, doesn't it? Yes, it does, yeah.
0: It's so... Um, so sort of, New Hampshire's like a very sort of a conservative enclave in otherwise a sort of fairly liberal part of the US.
1: Ah, I see. Um, so I'm intimately uh, acquainted with uh, Boston's Logan Airport, partly as our family visits the in-laws a few times each year, and partly because I'm a captain for an airline and fly there on a pretty regular basis. Neil, you're
0: basically me, but just with a better job.
1: <laughs> a more important job. Yeah. Uh, a reoccurring... Th- a job. Re- a reoccurring thread <laughs> re- that keeps appearing throughout the podcast is that of travel, aviation in particular, and I thought I'd share a story that overlaps with another reappearing friend of the show, Cocaine Bear. Oh, I can't get enough of a Pablo cocaine Escobar. Cocaine Bear. Uh, occasionally, flight crew are asked to carry items behind the locked door of the flight deck if they are deemed of particular importance, value, or need to be inaccessible to passengers for some reason or another. That's interesting. Uh, on one occasion, uh, while preparing for a flight to India, a uh, policeman entered the flight deck with a transparent sealed plastic bag, thin and about two feet in length. It was explained to us that the package contained <laughs> contain two kilograms of cocaine. Uh, <laughs> that's excellent, isn't it? That's service, isn't it? Yeah. Have they started serving food yet? <laughs> it's, it's I too, want any. Don't want any. Um, I don't need it. Um, but I really want to have sex. Um, that had uh, been hidden inside a picture frame and exported from the Caribbean. The drugs were destined for India, but the package had been intercepted as it had passed through the UK, and the intended recipient in India was arrested when he came to collect it at the airport. We were now to carry the drugs from London to India to assist in the prosecution. So they've got two kilograms in the cockpit of cocaine. Incredible. I, I, I like this
0: because I don't. no one really considers the other stuff that goes on when you're on a commercial airline flight. So it's almost like when you jump on a plane, you're going from, you know, say you're going from London to Japan whatever. You're, mm. you're, you're, I'm going to uh,
1: Korea soon.
0: Cool. Well, that, that would be another good example. Yeah. And we'll hear all about that when you get back, I'm sure. But the point I was just going to make quickly was that you're quite self-obsessed. You're like, oh, this is a plane designed specifically to take me and all these other holiday makers or yeah. whatever business travellers to a particular place. Mm. You don't really consider the idea that lots of other logistical stuff is going on at the same time. Oh, yeah. and no. mail... Weapons get sent quite a lot in the hold. I once... Um, and, it's, and and when you realise it, you realise how ridiculous it is that... Um, oh, yeah, well, the plane can't take off because of all the load. Well, they put so much stuff on the plane as well. I once got <laughs> delayed on a plane. I was sat on the plane mm. and um, the pilot, who was obviously a bit of a character, came over the, uh, the PA and said, Oh, sorry, we're having a bit of a trouble we're getting some of this cargo on. Um, there's an extra two pallets of smoked salmon and it's not on the manifest. And it's like... <laughs> What other stuff is in there? I really want to know what's in there. Now. How do you,
1: you know, I understand how you would lose a lot of that. Yeah, and
0: then he came over, and then he came over and said, there's a couple of extra parts of uh, of uncut uh, pure cocaine that we <laughs> an- end." We- <laughs>
1: We're going to pile through uh, both of them anyway. (laughs) um, uh, Once the police uh, had left the flight deck, we had the standard pilot conversation that always takes place whenever we have a high-value item on board, namely whether we should just DB Cooper the uh, the the plane and uh, never be seen again. I mean, that would be three months off work, wouldn't it? I mean, would you? I mean, (laughs) piling through two kilograms of cocaine,
0: Neil? Would you really do that? You're you're a captain of a commercial aircraft. (laughs) You've obviously worked very hard to get where you are. Would you really chuckle that in for two kilograms of cocaine?
1: Yeah. Uh, And then uh, thoughts then turn to what would happen if the bag were improperly sealed in in many ways uh, with obvious ramifications if two kilograms of cocaine were to contaminate the air conditioning system and slowly disperse and recirculate to 300 passengers and crew over the course of eight hours. (laughs) (laughs) That would be ridiculous. Oh, that would be intense, wouldn't it? I mean, that would take the edge off the volume, I imagine. (laughs) It really would. Um, We also uh, debated whether in the um, event of a rapid decompression, i.e. the sort of... uh, Of When the masks drop from the ceiling, the sealed plastic bag will be able to withstand the pressure difference between the cabin and the air inside the bag or whether it would explode in a cloud of white powder. It would uh, no doubt have filled the closed flight deck and covered its three excitable but now also very confident occupants before venting overboard, crop-dusting fashion uh, towards the noses of any bears below. Uh, While we always try to cover any eventuality in our uh, pre-flight briefings, this is filed very much away in the unlikely-to-occur category. I
0: don't. I think it's a brilliant email from Neil. And I, I applaud him wholeheartedly for it. And I think any other, I instantly think he should be the official air travel correspondent of this show. Oh, massively, yeah. and any questions we have, we should send yeah. to him. But I don't like the idea of that, of that happening because I assume anything like that, I understand evidence needs to be transported. Surely it'd be in some sort of locked sort of flight case in a cupboard somewhere in the cockpit. It's not a plastic bag. He makes out like a plastic bag with two kilograms of cocaine. It's just on the floor in the cockpit. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Stick it under your seat. I don't know. Get get out of the way. I
1: don't know what the rules are in India, to be honest, uh, Luke. No, but the rules are the rules rules of the commercial airline, presumably. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not saying it's just on the deck, but I... Where else are you going to put it? I don't think there's a lot of storage space on the co- in the cockpit. There's, you know, there's, you need dials and stuff. In, in, on, the, on those big long haul journeys, they have three, don't, three pilots essentially, yeah. and one of them
0: sleeps while the other two are on the deck. Is so, that true? And there's a little, there's a t- yeah, there's a little cabin in the, um, in, in, the, in the cockpit because there's a fantastic book, and I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it. It's really beautifully written. It's called Seafaring, mm. and it's about, or or it's called Skyfaring. It's about that a guy. Yeah, then why, why would you call it different? C- <laughs> C- about uh, it's about a guy who makes his living and and his, his profession is this airline pilot, and he talks in depth about all this different stuff, and mm. and he, he includes that.
1: Is it always? But I mean, uh, in the same way that uh, different facilities are quite variable, and I imagine the pilot's comfort uh, is probably annoyingly uh, it's far down uh, the list of wanting to make money. Maybe it's just variable, but what we get sometimes there isn't a bed, sometimes there is. Yeah it depends, I guess, on the length depends, of the flight. The guy's actually
0: called Mark Van Hanacker, uh, who wrote Ooh. the book, uh, Sky Ferry. And I think the book actually starts with him waking up in one of those little cabins in the cockpit, ready for his shift. It's <laughs> really it's, re- it's really nicely put together.
1: Imagine so wait a minute, I have to fly a plane now. Like, I've I've been, I was asleep an hour ago before we started recording the show and I'm yeah. I'm unable to speak. I
0: thought that when I read that bit. I thought I suppose because you're probably mid-flight, it's an autopilot anyway, you get plenty of time to get have a coffee and get used to it and stuff. Well, you know what
1: you're doing. I mean, you know. Yeah, People get, if, if you had to get up and start driving, you'd still drive, couldn't you?
0: Here's a question for Neil.
1: Then. They're probably quite systematic and organised brain-wise, aren't yeah, they, pilots? Yeah, quite clever.
0: Yeah, it's probably not <laughs> helpful to compare them to yeah, us. Yeah,
1: I'll go, go, go up and down. But here's a,
0: here's a question. I've got to do loop-de-loop. Loop-de-loop. Here's a question for Neil. Neil, how much of a pilot's role these days is... To comfort the passengers, i.e., the passengers just want to see that there's a pilot there, and how much of it is that you actually have to do stuff because presumably the computer can do most of it anyway.
1: I mean, that's rude. I think uh, I've said before that like, they change course using a dial uh, in a lot of the big jets. Yeah, and that's fascinating. Yeah, we still got to land. There, I
0: I, ha- I heard a story, possibly apocryphal. I don't know if it's true, and I might have mentioned it already. It's fascinating that there was a, a, an airport in the US where um, there was an agreement to have a study. Where they would let the autopilot land the plane, right? And they were there just in case anything went wrong, but the autopilot would do it. And um, after a short amount of time, they had to replace a tiny four by four, or four by four foot pit bit of a runway, right? Because the planes were in yeah. exactly the same spot every time. So yeah. that's now in light of that sort of stuff, yeah. Neil, answer Neil. the question.
1: Let's... Answer the question. Two no. questions. Can you just land a plane by pressing the button? And also, I used to be on uh, my friend's BA, friends and family, and it was brilliant, and I used to get really cheap flights. Can I get on your friends and family?
0: <laughs> also, how much cocaine have you had while flying?
1: <laughs> also, uh, I've got a career later on. Upgrade? <laughs> oh, and, and a final
0: question. When Denzel Washington flies that plane upside down, the film Flight, have you ever done that? And uh, could you do it if you needed to?
1: Uh, also, if you ever fly any of the, any of the places I go... Um, can you come down and say hello, please? And can you reverse fly if you if you need to? Fuckers, fuckers! mate. Seriously, they're can't... not going to fucking wear are they? They're going to wear it The other end. Oh it, no, it, the right? attitude affects the weight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but seriously, though,
0: all joking aside, we all like to have a laugh. Can we have some free flights? Right, Matt Frischer, and cocaine. Mike Frischer is up next, Pete, and we've been frivolous on that email. Frischer, it's been we've been frivolous on that email. This one, I'm afraid to say, in your direction, my friend. Peter is deadly serious. Oh, okay, no. we're going to talk about passwords and and computer security.
1: I got an email about bloody passwords today. Well, I'm going to read people one out to leave you. Leave me
0: alone. I'm going to read one out to you because I think you've opened the can of worms here. I think the people who know about this stuff are, let me put this mildly, are a fairly humourless bunch. <laughs> and security is not a dirty word, as we all know. It's a boring word. So Matt goes on um, with his email and says, Hello, Luke and Pete. First of all, I've got a pair of Mitsubishi batteries. Solid start. Solid. I wanted to address the password manager chat from a show the other day <laughs> where Pete was discussing how server-side companies should encrypt their passwords. This is actually not entirely accurate.
1: Oh, no, no. Entirely, though. I'll take it.
0: Those <laughs> Yeah, it's a win for you. Um, those of you who are interested in win. Those of you who are listening who are interested in password encryption and uh, safety and security online. Turn off. Go on the next episode. M- m- make a cup of tea. Um, encryption means that the process is reversible and you would be able to decrypt it and get your password. Instead, companies should use a hashing algorithm uh. and compute a password hash. This is similar to encryption, but the process is not reversible, so you cannot decrypt the result of a hash and get your password. When you create your password, the server should use a hash algorithm and store the resulting hash instead of storing your actual password. That way... Not even the company knows what your password is. They only know how to check if your password is correct.
1: It's almost as if they thought about this. Yep. Very clever. When a user types in
0: their password to log in, instead of checking if the password matches, the company should pass it to the same hashing algorithm and check if the resulting hash matches the hash that was stored. This is one reason why you have to create a new password when you click forget password. Uh, forgot password it is a sign of bad security if a company emails you your current password when you forget it since there should be no way for the company to know what your actual password is. the emailer from last week says he uses last pass this uh, that company was hacked in the past, but the user's data was not compromised because the hackers were only able to steal the hashes of the user's passwords, which was useless for logging into any accounts um he says, I hope that was helpful and not too boring uh, Cheers Matt frischer I actually find that quite interesting
1: uh yeah how and do I- you plead? Uh, what, 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 why is it my fault? Well, what have I it, done? It's clearly. he's I basically so- said there should be some encryption on the server side. There should, but then hashes. <laughs> yeah, but, he's, but the he, hashes are involved.
0: What he's done is obviously a very intelligent chap, Matt. He's mm. written an email in a quite a sort of benign way about um, about password security. But what he's actually saying is, "Fuck you, Johnson. You don't know what you're talking about here. This yeah. is what needs to happen." So that I'm mean, asking how fair, you yeah. feel about that. I
1: feel alright you don't care um, you're not yeah. precious no I, not not about anything well actually I'm very precious about um, technical knowledge you're not fricious. I'm not Matt <laughs> Frishers, frishers. <laughs> I um, thought that was quite good the capricious mass capricious fr- Matt fricious. bit of um, a step change yeah but thank you for that Matt that was uh, incredibly informative do you agree that um... I'm not? You're still not using LastPass <laughs> do you agree that
0: security is not a dirty word Pete
1: I think uh, the most people who lose their shit through foul means uh, are usually just tricked into giving up their information so we shouldn't have this hysteria.
0: Well, to hack our, our email obscurity. account, hello at Luke Show com. Yeah, just ask
1: ask a question. Just try and you know fish fish our uh, fish our passwords. Uh, I've never been
0: hacked, so I, I'm obviously no. doing okay.
1: Well, no, I've never been hacked either, and uh, I've only been leaked by the Adobe leak and also Ashley uh, Madison. Ashley, <laughs> course. Yeah, classic, classic <laughs> Ashley Madison, yeah, classic classic
0: Ashley Madison. Yeah, Pete, what do you think about past phrases? That's the future, isn't it?
1: Well, you like sort of you, what you got. We do it. like a
0: phrase instead of a word because it's much more safe, apparently.
1: Oh, God, half the time. Um, those little, are you a robot things or, um, like the actual things don't work for me. I think I might be becoming a robot. Luke. I think you're, past, I think I think you're part robot and yeah. I, th- I
0: think I've thought that for some time
1: now very upsetting um, do
0: you want to do another email?
1: Uh, yeah let's you squeeze in a little one um, I've got one as well we need to do two more I think alright then uh, Jack Keywood actually that'll be a, a nice so why don't you do your email first
0: ok well I've got a real quick one here saying hi guys love the show just wanted to let you know that I saw a piece of bread in a public toilet today and I thought the worst uh, that's from Robin, Robin. thanks for that, Robin um, but the email I want to do here was um, do you remember us talking about heart attack snow?
1: Uh, yes, yeah so, yeah, so we're
0: going back over to the northeastern US again now. Mm. Uh, and this email is from um, David in Buffalo. Buffalo gets some heavy, heavy snow um, up in uh, northern New York State. He says, I have a, I have a follow-up to an episode from several months ago in which you referenced what we call heart attack snow. Um, this is my second time writing into the show. Oh, it's the same guy from Buffalo when we talked about lake effect snow. Do you remember? Right. Where it was just dumped, like nine foot of it was just dumped on half the town. Yeah. Um, he says, it's my second time writing about snow as well. Um, so, which may lend what I'm about to say a little more weight. Pun absolutely intended. He says, We're wearing well that time of year over here where we get lots of sudden drops and rises in temperature, leading to quick but voluminous snowfall and then rapid melting before the cycle starts all over again a few days later.
1: I love the word voluminous and, good, volu- isn't it? and volumetric.
0: It's good. What does volumetric mean?
1: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, fair enough. Me either. But it's, it, it's like a volumetric uh, uh, light. Uh, it's like solid light in uh, video games and shading kind of okay. technology and stuff. And
0: voluminous just means vo- a volu- very yeah, volume-heavy. Volum- volumetric.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of like uh, something that has volume as well as volumetric.
0: Right. Um, he said, yeah, this cycle starts all over again, uh, and then that leads to a lot of the aforementioned heart attack snow, which is what you get when a very large amount of snow melts just a little bit, making it very wet and heavy, but doesn't liquefy completely. This wet snow is several times heavier than an equal amount of fully solid snow, and leads to roughly a hundred fatalities every year in the U.S. due to cardiac arrests suffer, uh, suffered while shoveling uh, this white shit. Uh, <laughs> to say nothing of the hundreds of fatalities on the road due to the driving conditions. Um, I like this scene because it sort of takes a bit of a turn and goes on and sort of turns into a, a sort of plea uh, to his fellow man and woman to to be sensible. Uh, He says, it may seem hard to fathom why so many people would put themselves in such a position and not just stop when they feel a bit tired or stay home when the roads are bad, but a lot of it comes down to the cultural attitude towards snow and winter in the northeast U.S., which can loosely be described as combative. To those of us who have grown up in the bitter northern wastes, um, the winter and the copious amounts of snow that accompanies it is like an old enemy that you have to fight and defeat every year in order to earn your stripes as a proper uh, northeasterner. Uh, most people, even if they have never lived there, uh, see uh, the boastful posts of so- on social media about how much snow we get and uh, mm. how Southerners don't know how to cope with it, etc., etc. Um, uh, but it's impossible to describe to someone who's never lived here just how much the combative us versus the great white Satan mentality really affects us all. Uh, even the people in charge of making important decisions like uh, when to close schools and businesses um, because of the weather it can be affected. I can remember when my local school was closed due to snow and the superintendent, who was not originally from the Northeast, was essentially laughed out of town on the spot. He says, um, uh, my purpose in bringing this up is to say to my fellow North northeasterners who I'm sure are also out there listening to the pod, it's not worth it. Take care of yourself first and know when to tell your work or school to fuck off.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is... Correct, isn't it? I mean, he says,
0: figuratively speaking, I won't be held responsible if you do that literally. Uh, he said, because you're not, you know, sometimes you can't make it in. The snow may win the battle, but you'll be around to fight another day and win the war. And he signs off by saying, Stay warm and stay safe, my fellow cold blooded folk.
1: Bravado. What well on, Dave? It's it's foolish. Yeah. Bloody foolish. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Donald J. Trump just tweeted, uh, Crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time, with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe. Hmm. Oh, my nipples are so hard. Yeah. Oh. Sh- oh! That's aroused me. That's something else, isn't it? Two, wow. Two, um,
0: two white, older men having a fight.
1: Yeah, I'd take I'm it. in. I reckon Biden would do him, wouldn't he? He's got a bit of a reach, is not he? Yeah, but Trump, Trump's old. Trump's he's in
0: old. bad shape. <laughs> he's in bad nick, Trump. I saw a fight with him the other day trying to play tennis. He's got a big old caboose, hasn't
1: he? Looks like an oil tanker trying big to play tennis. Big old caboose. Looks like old. an oil
0: tanker with a tennis racket. Big
1: old booty. Um, let's get out of here, Luke. We got so much to pile through for next week. You so promised a Men Carter. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for next week. All, all right. right. I just you just I'm on the side of the listener. They don't know what the Men Carter is. Are you off to go and change all your passwords? <laughs> I'm going to work on my hashes.
0: Um, how do people uh, get in touch with hashes?
1: The fucking do, um, oh god, uh, uh, Amber Rudd. Uh, she uh, used the word hashtags to the hashes. Yeah, she did. She that, was, that was a few months ago. She hasn't has got a bloody clue, mate.
0: Now, you, you're very... She's in uh, charge
1: of it. I'm not in charge of it. And she said, using words like hashtags. You're
0: very upset um, with the idea of... A um, woman in power. Uh, let me get this right. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no that that wasn't what I was going to say. No. You're very upset. But it,
1: it, it washed over you very quickly. Like, that's something I would say. Half the stuff you say does. Yeah. Um, you're very upset
0: with the idea of... WhatsApp un- unencrypting their service for the government—is that
1: right? Uh, I well, yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I don't think it really matters. I mean, they, the government want them to do it so that they can just listen in on all the conversations. But they'll just find somewhere else. To, they'll hide in plain sight. They'll do it on PlayStation Voice Chat. Who terrorists? Terrorists. Okay, yeah. All right.
0: Well, that's a, a, nice, a nice note on which to end episode Terrorists. 50. wrists. All right,
1: then. It, why, wouldn't
0: you, why would you not celebrate episode 50 of the Luke and Pete show at the finest podcast on the internet uh, by uh, leaving us a review? So do that uh, on iTunes or wherever you get your pods. And to get in touch, it's hello at lukeandpeteshow.com and we bloody well look forward to hearing from you there.
1: Mm, we'll see you uh, next week for episode 51. Stick
0: around for the next 50. It's only going to get worse.